Welcome to The Art of Hunting, a podcast that explores the world of wildlife art through the eyes of one of the industry's most talented creators, Ryan Kirby. So whether you're a fellow artist, designer, hunter, or simply someone who appreciates the beauty of the natural world, join us on The Art of Hunting with Ryan Kirby and discover the passion and dedication that drives him. Well, man, it's good to have you on. And um, for those of you who don't know, I promised you we wouldn't do the elevator uh, pitch, but <laughs> tell everybody who you are and what you do. I am John Powell. I'm the president of the Southeastern Wildlife Exposition, and I manage the day-to-day operations of um, everything leading up to our event every February. Yep. What um, I get um, asked, because I'm always like posting art and like tagging seaweed and stuff as we're getting ready for the show, but everybody always asks me, what's this, what's that suey thing that you're always posting about? So tell us, what is, what is suey? Suey, uh, we pronounce it <laughs> down here in the lowlands. Uh, yeah, as a Southeastern Wildlife Exposition, it was uh, the first show was in 1983, and it is a wildlife art event, which is often lost sometimes with um, how we've grown and how we've expanded through the city. I'm sure we'll, we'll come back to that. We're a wildlife art based event. Our mission is mm-hmm. um, to support the genre and and to support conservation and to have a strong economic impact here in Charleston. Yeah. Um, we started out as 100 exhibitors and artists and 5,000 um, attendees has now blossomed into nearly 500 artists and exhibitors and 40,000 attendees in Charleston every yeah. President's Day weekend. Yeah. It's wild, man. Um, and I know, like, my, my experience doing events and stuff has been, like, designing graphics for the Turkey Federation Convention and stuff like that. So I know a little bit of behind the scenes of what has to happen, but I can't even imagine what it's like to coordinate that kind of stuff. Because, I mean... Any any event like east of the Mississippi, if you're in a tourist location like Charleston, parking is a big deal. Like logistics is a big deal. Like even in Boone, you know, going to a football game is a hard deal. So like what? Tell me a little bit about that because Seaweed's a big event with a yeah. lot of stuff, a lot of vendors. Um, tell me a little bit about that, how that works. When, when does that start, the planning process? You know, it starts, you know, we say it starts the day after. Um, yeah. You know, we close up shop for the year, but really it starts before that. You think about um, our educational entertainment. You know, Jack Hanna used to come every year. Jeff Corwin's yeah. coming this year, and Horace Galante, who's on on you know on TV too. And they've got these schedules, so you have to get with them a year and a half in advance. Uh, oh wow! Featured artists, as you're very familiar with, you have to. You know, you you get as far ahead as that as you can. Um, mm-hmm. You know, dates on the calendars for um, the hotels we work with, the Gilliard Auditorium, which is a, a, a public, you know, space. You know, that we work with the city. Um, so just knowing that you're three, four years out, and and you can still use the same exhibit sites and that sort of thing. But really, we dive in the month after Seawe. It takes longer yeah. to close up the show than than it used to. Everything's got yeah. a little bit harder than it used to be. Uh, you touched on it. You know, whether it's parking or anything else, we are um, happily a victim of our own success, right? Our CV yeah. success has mirrored Charleston's um, growing popularity over the last decade and more. Um, and with that comes challenges, welcome yeah. challenges, but difficult nonetheless. So to go old school, how, how long were you there? 
how long have you been there and how did you get on in the first place? I don't remember. So this will be my 19th show. Yeah. I was in Charleston and, you know, I'll spare you some of the backstory, but basically um, between jobs and I was uh, looking for something to do to help out. And friend of a friend said, Hey, there's this, and I wasn't familiar with seaweed at that point. You want to help out? And so I did, I hopped on and, and volunteer. I was basically a runner. Just anything you needed to do, I would, I would do whether it's. Were, were you a balloon life. girl? You don't have to lie. Yeah. Did you start that been. way? I would have been. <laughs> there were so few, I feel like there were so few people. Um, there's so few staff members back, back then you did, you know, somebody asked you to be a balloon girl. You <laughs> and I, I fell in love with it. It was a great time. You know, you, you work hard, you know, all hours in the end of the night, but you have a good time doing it with the people you're yeah. with. Um, and then coincidentally moved away for about a year and I came back and cause I wanted to help out and did the next year and there was a job opening and I thought it might just be a bridge deal. Um, yeah. And like a lot of people, when you find something that you love, you, that's, that's the end of the story, right? You just never left. Yeah. Um, and I, so I started when I first started here, I was working with, uh, corporate partners, um, helping out on the grant side, moved into helping out with exhibitors and, you know, sort of this baseline foundation of knowledge of seaweed and sort of helped out in every role and became executive director. I think it was maybe 12 years ago and yeah, it's been doing it. That's awesome. You're going to tell the story of how we first met. Do we remember it the same way? I, I don't know, man. Um, it was a we, kitchen we, in Charlotte. It was. See, we don't remember it the same way. I thought, I thought it was a, a new year's Eve party in Charleston. Maybe it was. <laughs> I don't know, man. What, long story short, we were both dating girls that were friends and we somehow ended up at the same place at the same time. Correct. And we just rem- remember it as different cities. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, different cities, different <laughs> locations, different, different, everything, different crowd. Uh, but we were, I had heard of seaweed before and knew of it, but I was at that point, I was still working for the Turkey Federation, like paint night, nights and weekends and stuff. And it was one of those deals like, ah, I'll never get into that show. Like I'll never be good enough to get in there. And then you were the, you might've been like early on. I don't know if you were executive director yet. It was in those years. I think in was, those years. Yeah. Um, but we kind of hit it off and talked about, you know, art hunting, stuff like that. And then, you know, years later we reconnected and that's when I ended up going and getting into the show. I went on, I went left the Turkey Federation, went out on my own and then, I don't know. I probably begged and pleaded you at some point or I had some dirt on you from a long time ago. And was yeah, like, maybe hey, so. man, that seems more likely. You, yeah. <laughs> no, you, uh, Get out of here, dude. <laughs> I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to scare you. I didn't see him. He would. I thought he was going to scare you. What he would probably do is just pop my seat and I would just drop out of the screen. Dude, you got to get out of here, man. We, uh, no, I remember hitting it off about it, at least I know that we hung out in Charlotte at one point and then you had sent me some images, some turkey. Okay. Like, and I don't know if it's fair to say that's when you're really getting into starting your journey into original paintings sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just remember I loved it. And I was like, yeah. this guy's going somewhere and uh, sent it around the office. And it wasn't too much longer after that where you were here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A couple of years. Yep. The wide-eyed rookie. Um, 
Yeah, that was a pretty wild deal too because I'd, I'd been to the show and seen it from the outside looking in, but never been a part of it. Um, and and that's when that's when I kind of fell in love with it. You know, just as a it, I tell people, it's like if if you like Southern hunting culture, like there's something for you there, even if you don't want to buy original art. Like there's sure. all kinds of stuff for you there. So so well, how well, we want you to buy original art? Well, of course we do. Yeah, you come and buy original art, and then you go go run along your way and look at dogs and stuff like that. Um, so w- what are some things that uh, at, what was it like? I want I really want to hear behind the the scenes from you on on how seaweed has grown and what your role has been in it. Because I'm genuinely interested because I don't know some of it, but I want to hear like your take on it. Well, you've seen it, like you just said, you've seen it from the outside a little bit, but now you are, and I say stuck, but that's where you need to be. Now you're in the fine art gallery for three straight days, plus mm-hmm. plus, um, yep. you know, interacting with, with art enthusiasts, buyers, you know, hopefully, and people that just want to meet you. Yeah. Um, but as you know, there's four, there are four other exhibit sites that are crazy busy, you know, at the same time for yep. three straight days. The behind the scenes is just, um, it's funny in a lot of ways. You know, we are so fortunate in that we we have staff that returns every year. There are mm-hmm. exhibit managers, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, most of the exhibit managers, three out of the four, were here before I was here. They come back and they do it because oh, they wow. love it. Um, so when you have that kind of expertise or, or, uh, or knowledge, you know, you can't replace that. So we plan the show, we build, you know, what we hope is going to be successful. And at the end of the day, you know, starting on the, on load in Thursday of seaweed, you know, those guys take control of their own sites and being able to pass that off is huge. Cause yeah, you know, again, the behind the scenes is the flare ups, whether it's traffic or there's some sort of incident somewhere, or, um, you know, you want to, you want to make sure that you're taking care of your corporate partners or your benefactors, you know, some, yeah. Lost tickets, you know, we can go down. <laughs> yeah. The smallest things, I mean, and, and we're a very personal organization, you know, and there are yeah. 40,000 people in town, you know, we want to take care of everybody. And so you get caught up in, in that. So, um, but it's gotten more complicated, certainly yeah. from the days that I started where, you know, a couple of guys in a van could sort of take care of all the merchandise and, um, you know, clean up <laughs> the exhibit site and you pack out are long gone. You know, they, yeah. um, and then you fast forward 10 years um, where I was becoming executive director. It was still, you still had a little bit of that old school, but um, you know, the working with the city, which is great. It's just new rules, new procedures, new practices um, and all for the yep. you know health and betterment of, of our crowd still makes it more complicated. You know, it's not yeah. the wild, wild West anymore. And, but we have a team. We have the biggest staff that we've ever had. I think we're, you know, basically a full time of eight. Yeah, uh, great seasonal staff, and they work all year. And there's less hurry up and wait than there used to be. We used to have this lull during the summer, and now it's mm-hmm. we close down a show and we go right back in into the next one. Um, yeah. But we have an office that's downtown Charleston, uh, yeah. right next to Charleston Place where you exhibit, and. Um, Downstairs is a basement or essentially that houses all of our, you know, product and, and it's where we build our packages and sort of do the dirty work. And yeah. upstairs is, um, 
where we hang on the phone and do podcasts and, um, <laughs> and you know, you have a studio. Um, you know, every sharp, year, though, man. It's it's the when you say, you know, we still have people that say, I guess you guys are getting busy now. Really, we were busy in the fall. You know, now it's yeah. grinding out uh, ticket sales. We still process all tickets through this office. You know, somebody calls, yeah. we just put, you know, there's no single secretary here. We all pick up the phone and answer and try to um, answer the questions. The um, it's still it's still a small business, you know. We're mm-hmm. not for profit, which is you know something that's important to us. And the um, I guess the there's a cyclical nature of we get public and private funding, right? So we are okay. applying for grants for from the state, county, city, um, yeah. other local municipalities, and um, you know we try to make sure our sponsors are happy. We have, we're extremely lucky that we really don't have attrition there. If we do have yeah. a sponsor drop off, we have three or four that are in line that want to be a part of CWE. So we're yeah. really in a great, great spot as a show where we've grown um, aggressively over the last 20 years. Um, you know, but we also have our challenges. Yeah. That's kind of like uh, my brother. He's a, I don't even know his title is now. He's like VP. He's a VP of operations for Kansas City for the Chiefs. We've talked that. about that a little yeah. bit. But everybody's like, once, once the season hits, it's like, oh, man, you got to be busy. It's like, dude, we had to have tickets sold in July. Like, yeah. once we get to the first kickoff, we're kind of, you know, you're handling stuff and you're there's always something that comes up or a challenge like you're saying. But the bulk of their work has got to be done long before. Um, you know, and they even plan, like, if they have potential to make a playoff run, then they have to plan all of those home games in advance. And if they actually happen, it's a bonus. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you can't – you know how it is. You can't plan an event like a playoff game in a week. You can't wait to see if you win to plan it for the next week. So, I've seen a lot of that mainly with people that are more successful than me and, like, what they have to do business-wise and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, man, I I bet that's a challenge. Sometimes my paintbrush is – break and I have to go buy a new one. It's about the biggest challenge I have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> um, you know, people, you know, again, the people that say, well, you guys kind of get together the weekend before and plan this thing out. Right. And yeah. they, 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 they don't get it. And that's maybe not their fault. Um, we were down at Brittle Bank Park, which is one of our exhibit sites. You've certainly seen it. Yeah. And trying to figure out where to um, position the, Carolina Marsh Tacky Association. I don't know if you're familiar with Marsh Tacky horses, but it's a uh-uh. it's a breed that's um, South Carolina is very proud of. Um, old school. They can get they can get through the marshes very well. You know they. Okay. I'm gonna I'll, I'll butcher the history if I go too much further, but they've been around <laughs> like, the revolution, and they're coming to see me this year, which is great. Um, that's cool. A lot of people that we have that that own uh, Marsh Tackies, but they're not a lot of them. And we were down at Brittlebank Park trying to position the horses where they can't see the camels from the petting zoo because the horses have never seen camels before. <laughs> how do you, how do you lay out this, this area where the horses aren't going to get spooked by camels without the domino effect of sort of messing up the whole park? And that's just, you know, we're down there with the Mars tacky folks and we've talked to the petting zoo folks and you got to reposition where you have the, um, the bin for animal waste and you got to make sure that's picked up. You got to make sure that, 
uh, hay and straw are delivered, you know, for those things. And it just, when you start thinking about each individual exhibitor or each individual thing that we offer as entertainment, you know, educational or not, um, it becomes a little, it becomes a little complicated. I love it. Cause I'm sure you probably have to like leave a corporate sponsorship meeting with Boeing and then you have to go figure out how do we keep the camels and horses from seeing each other. It's a pretty, like in the same it's day. A pretty wide spectrum, but you know, Fortunately, Boeing is a great partner. We don't have to. We don't have to work too hard. <laughs> they make it easy. Well, um, it's sometimes it's the smaller, the smaller event or the smaller exhibitor that make it a little more difficult. Not yeah. in this case, but others. And then you have to go deal with artists. Man, <laughs> you're probably like, man, this camel and horse thing is about like dealing with the artists. What a bunch. Probably a little bit easier. Dealing <laughs> <laughs> with the artists, it's it's funny. Um, in my evolution here at Seawee, the artists are sort of the last group that I've really, um, really learned. You know, I've yeah. known them, you know, I've seen them, but my my experience has been outside of Charleston Place because Charleston Place has so much support. You know, you know, the exhibit managers, you know, the people mm-hmm. that have been working um, in that gallery for 40 years, basically. Yeah. And a lot of the problems um, happen outside of, of that area. You know, it's, we're weather dependent yeah. for two of our yeah. major exhibit sites. So, you know, if we've got a rainstorm coming or if there's a wreck downtown or if there's something like that, that's, you know, causing an effect that that's where I need to be as opposed to, um, the gallery, which is hopefully humming along like it should be. Yeah. Well, and that is cool. You touched on it earlier about how you've got like repeat people all the time and, it kind of is. I mean, it, it's cheesy to say it's like family, but it is cool to go and see everybody. Like uh, Parker, is Parker working with you guys full time now? Walters? Yes, dude. She was a uh, she was like a sophomore in high school balloon girl. And for people that don't know, the balloon girls they carry balloons so you can see them above the crowd, and then when you have a sale, they'll come ring you up. But like she was a balloon girl as a sophomore in high school, and then we watched her all the way through college, and then come back, and it. It's wild for as big of an as a event as you have, you don't have much attrition and like the same people are there all the time. And it, as artists, that's cool for us because we kind of have a little bit of, I mean, we're outside of our studio, we're outside of our comfort zone tremendously, but we do have a little bit of family, like people we know yeah. we can see and talk to and it's cool. It's kind of like that's a little important. homecoming every year. I, uh, I, had a few interviews and, and talked to um, some folks about the generational aspect this year. I mean, they ask, mm-hmm. they always ask about the feature piece, right? The feature painting yeah. and Kathleen Dunphy is a great artist. Um, you know, it's a it's geese and, and goslings. And, you know, if you want to pull something from it, I'll talk about the generational aspect. And I've referenced that Parker is actually second generation uh, staff. Her mother used to work here yeah. you know, many, many years ago. Her father's on the board. And then our board separately has second generation members on the board. Oh, wow. And then when you talk about weekend staff, we have third generation. We've got, you know, grandkids that are working the the merchandise tent or the Coke tent. So Dang. it is, and it speaks to the fact that it's not an individual passion for, you know, just the dad yeah. or the mom, whatever. It's a family deal. And I think if you look further, that's what's going to keep this show solid, yeah. you know, moving forward and together, whether it's sponsors or, um, you know, staff attendees, you know, it's, yeah. it's generational and it's, you know, you can't plan for that. It's got to happen on its own. It's got to be organic and it's really special. Yeah. Well, I've even seen, uh, there's some generational artists that are coming too. 
Sorry, like, the, the obvious ones I, I left out. Yeah. Yeah. In every that's, aspect of the show. That's cool, man. Um, so tell me the role of like the featured artist, feature piece. How does that work? Why is it important to to see we? And you you don't have to like sugarcoat it for me. Oh, like, it, it does, <laughs> I don't. There's not a there's not a better phrase than it sets the tone. And what you know, yeah. I don't really know what that means other than it is the it's it's what really gets staff internally excited. You know, yeah. you you remember this process, and um, we sort of back a featured artist into a corner, and we say, give us a couple of ideas, um, give us some sketches, or you know, show us some things you've already worked on. Yeah, we're not gonna put any parameters and it's not a rule, but no one's ever done the same uh, animal or image twice. You know, this gets harder. Yeah. As you, <laughs> it's hard as you go along. <laughs> it. Um, yeah. But, you know, and that's. That's what gets us started, you know, that's what get, gets yeah. us jumped off. And, you know, that helps us form our, our our imagery for print materials, for ads, for everything else. And it mm-hmm. sort of the rallying point. Um, and it also helps us get to know the artist, which is great. Yeah. Fortunately, I already, I, mean, I already knew you. You and I were buddies long before that. But all of the featured artists that have been part of Seaweed since I've been here, I know better than those who have not been featured. And that's not by design. It's just because we spend a lot more time working with them. Um, they spend yep. more time in Charleston. And, you know, it's not our goal is to support all artists. But, you know, the featured artist makes a huge commitment, as you know. They yeah. say, OK, we're not going to. We're not going to do all the commissions we can outside of this. We're not going to send all the work that we have um, to a gallery. We're going to commit to CW because CW is going to promote me on a national level, and it's going to be a partnership. And we're going to jump in, and that's a it's a big leap for some. Yeah, yeah, no, it really is because you do you have to bring a lot of work, and and for those who don't know, you can only do it once in your career, right? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. So far, I'm, so far we haven't. <laughs> So there are no there are no set rules, and we've talked oh, yeah. about that before too. New sheriff in town, we got. <laughs> <laughs> but so so I think I was there nine or ten years before you guys asked me to be the the featured artist. So it's like a it's like a big deal. It's like a big honor, and it's a big spotlight that's on you. Um, but you do have to, you know. I've done a lot of other stuff. I was actually. One thing I walked away from, I walked away from a lot of design work. I was doing print and marketing in the outdoor industry. Um, and I literally shut all that off and it fundamentally changed our business. Like I literally, you know, burned the ship, so to say. So, but you've got to bring, you, you want to, and you have to bring all your best stuff and a lot of it. So like some of these other artists that are sending work to galleries, they got to hold back on that a little bit. Basically, uh, everything for the year has to function around. I want to have a good show at Siwi. So, my it's a, we it's had a big, it's a big ask. You know, we don't take it lightly. Yeah, I mean, we know we're doing. I mean, there are. Um, I think in the history of Siwi, I don't know that there are many that have um, knocked it as far out of the park as you did. Um, you know, yeah. some there are, um, and there's some artists that fell flat, and there's not necessarily a reason for that. You know, yeah. great artists, you know, we wouldn't select them as featured otherwise, but just something missed. Um, but there's something to be said for how you operate. Our staff was more excited about you as featured artists than in a long time because of your ability to um, 
in this new world that we live in, this new art world we live in, provide imagery on a regular basis, you know, whether it's sketches or, um, you know, connect us with other people in um, touching industries or, you know, keep keeping up with social. I mean, your social is as powerful as seaweeds. It's just, it's, yeah, it was a special thing and it all worked, right? Yeah. At least in our opinion, it worked. Yeah. And it, it, well, I thought it was great, man. Um, (laughs) You know, we, we obviously sold well, but, you know, to your point, there's a lot of, you know, you never know. We could be in a huge recession during the year or, um, you know, coming out of COVID. That was probably a real hard time for you guys. But, yeah, there's a lot that has to line up. But, yeah, you really do. I guess the featured, I, f- I feel like you probably get what you put into it for the most part. Yeah. Um, so it was cool. It was wild to see. But I was I was talking to Kim the other day. And, you know, when you're the featured artist, you have like – um you know, a dedicated room to change in or go chill in if you want to. And you have like, you basically, if, if I want to like a snack, I just ask somebody, you know, like we had, you have like the red carpet rolled out for you and we're like, ah, oh, it's going to kind of suck. We're going to like be back to normal. You know? <laughs> never, never. <laughs> no, it's already, it's, already a, it's already a big ask on, you know, all the artists that are present, but the feature gets in a little bit early. You know, they ask yeah. the interviews. We won't, we won't hesitate to ask you to get on at 5 a.m. and that sort of thing. And so we, yeah, we hope we can give as much as we ask for. And it's probably, you know, harder on the feature than it is on anybody else. Yeah. Well, it's just, um, yeah, it's, you guys do, you know, I mean, you ask for a lot, but from an artist's perspective, it's like, it's an opportunity. You know, sure. I mean, when, when do you get the opportunity to be in a room of a hundred other really great artists and you're literally put up on a pedestal in, in front of them? Like you want to talk about, you know, great marketing and and that's the thing that, you know, because we've done some other shows and people ask me, well, what's the difference between Siwi and this show or that show? And, and I wasn't doing like a big art circuit, but like I just show up with my art. And that's it. Like, I'm not bringing my own booth. We're not doing our own, like, marketing. Like, Siwi literally brings tens of thousands of your target market into a city for you, sets up the venue, sets up this and sets up that. You've just got to bring your A game and fulfill your end of the bargain. So if you look at it that way, it's a really good collaborative thing. And it's not not that much of an ask for Siwi because you guys are – trying to unite us with buyers, which is not easy, you know? Yeah. I mean, when the doors open at Seaway, we've done nearly everything we can do. You know, we've, yeah. we've talked about featured, you know, you have whatever the value is in having uh, Ryan Kirby and national art publications in garden and gone and Southern living, you know, so those are, that's your yeah. image. It's your name. We're, we're advertising um, Ryan Kirby. We're advertising Seaway and we're advertising Charleston which are all important, you know, in what we do. But when you think about the investment that Siwi has, um, you know, the Charleston Place Hotel is one of the nicest hotels in downtown Charleston, certainly, mm-hmm. you know, the, the biggest meeting space, and we utilize all of it. And a very complicated um, wall system, you know, with lighting and everything else. And, yep. you know, so the investment that we have before those doors open is is significant. And so we don't, and we don't use that as a, hey, you better bring it, but, We've done what we can do, so we hope that artists bring their. Yeah, but hey, you better bring hey. it. <laughs> when, when's the hotel getting renovated? Um, in stages, you know. I don't. Oh, think it is. That, 
Yeah, we uh, have a meeting with them in, in just a little bit. The um, the meeting space after CV this year, and all for the better. You know, there's there's they're not going to mess with the um, you know the ballroom and and some of those outer rooms will change, and so we'll figure out how to okay. how to work our way around that. For, but from an artist standpoint, other than creating a maybe an easier way to load in and out um, over the years, that's that's, that's yeah. about it. <laughs> But it's great, and, and you know, speaking of the hotel, I mentioned on this podcast. You know, we've we've we're, we've been operating a gallery since July um, inside the hotel, which is yeah. unique for us. And it's a, you know, we're bridging a gap between um, a tenant moving out and whenever they renovate the lower space, which is different than the okay. meeting space upstairs. Um, but that's been great for us. You know, it's been an opportunity to shine a spotlight on potential new artists. You know, some. Um, some of the old school, which I'm sure you and I will get to in a minute, old school artists that um, either don't travel anymore or can't travel, don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. When I heard um, you guys were doing that gallery, I was like, man, that's genius. Like, that's a really good. It gives see we because, uh, you know, there's a lot of tourism coming in through. Yeah the hotel and there's probably going to be people that don't even know about seaweed and they see that gallery and they're like, well, what's this? And they, that's what's, and that's the the main thing that's been worth the investment. I mean, it's not just in in art gallery, it's engaging people with what the show is. And, uh, you know, people want to know where they can buy tickets and it's, it's been a lot of fun to have a front facing engage with people. Um, you know, they come and they sit down and they look at, they look at artwork, you know, they don't have to be a buyer, you know, but if it serves a little bit of inspiration, you know, we've had school, school kids in there we've had, um, you know, senior living facilities come and, and take a tour, you know, so the full age group and the casual tourists popping in, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Love, what, to, get uh, piece, love to get a piece from Ryan Kirby in there. I don't know if you can afford it. I don't know if no. I can either. He's dead. <laughs> no, that's, that's true. Um, uh, no, I, I would love to, you know, and again, we're going through like a lot of growth and changes here. And I feel like I'm kind of back in the the featured artist stage because I have to tell my crew. So we've got, um, you know, Madison, our office manager, she came on January 1st, the year I was featured. So like a month and a half. And the, <laughs> oh, the, they have heard after Seawee from me so many times, they probably don't even hear it anymore because it's like, look, you just go check email and type things and pretend like you're doing stuff. I'll talk to you after seaweed, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get going then. But, um, yeah, I've got a, I've got a hustle. I've got my paint frames are coming in today. Um, and I've got kind of my lineup done, but I'm kind of in that mode again, where I could just got to like, I got churn. So I'm sure we'll, that's my response to people in my personal life is I'll I'll talk to you after seaweed after seaweed. Yeah. 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 Um, what's new, anything new for the show this year that's completely different besides you know, the horses couple and camels? Of, no, we've got a couple of, of, you know, smaller events that we're, that we're doing, you know, we've kind of sort of dipped our toes into the music realm. You know, we work with the Gilliard for an opening concert. Ian Munzik's going to be here. And then we have a, okay. an event on Friday night that's called Low Country Lyrics, which is songwriters in the round at a private residence in Mount Pleasant. You know, it's different than we normally do. Um, but it's already been very popular. Tickets are, tickets are flying. So that's good. Yeah. You know, people ask that all the time, you know, what's new. And as you know, very well, I mean, you know, 20 to 30% of that, um, that gallery will be new artists or returning artists, you know, someone that hasn't been in the last couple of years, you know, we have 
we have to look at um, what we're offering, you know, style, subject matter. Um, yeah. And the list goes on and, you know, who's who's selling, who's popular with with our crowd. So, yeah. And that that also applies to the other exhibit sites, you know, the artisans, yeah. craftsmen at Gilliard, um, the lifestyle brands and and such at, at Brittle Bank and then guides and outfitters and that sort of thing at, at the Marriott, which we've really started to build out over the last two years. And um, okay. I'm optimistic that continues to, to be strong. Yep. Yep. Um, who, so you've got a lot of new artists coming this year. I think so. Um, yeah. we've had, a, you know, a, at least one yesterday said they couldn't come. You know how that happens, you know, attrition, yeah. they either don't have enough work or there's a medical emergency. So basically, you know, if we start with the, the plan of saying we're going to have, 90 to 100 artists, right? Yeah. And then we know within that's going to be about 10% attrition over the time we start signing okay. artists up, which is July, August, you know, it's early. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen in a six month span. And then one of the things that we also are trying to do this year, it's been something I've wanted to do for a long time is say, why don't we pull back a little bit on the number of artists? Let's, let's make sure we have quality over quantity, you know, yeah. and allow those artists to create a bigger body of work as opposed to, um, sort of constricting them and then having more artists. So yeah. we'll see how that works. Yep. That's cool, man. Um, what else? Tell me some behind the scenes stories from seaweed that people might not know. Man, most of it I don't want on the airwaves. <laughs> Dude, I tell people there's only like three people that listen. We've, My mom uh, and dad and maybe Kim. So you're not... Okay. <laughs> I'm sure you'll get two. Uh, you'll, you'll get two more parents out of this one. I can. I can assure you. Um, and we've had a uh, we've had a camel bolt on us and run across Meeting Street during the weekend. We've Did had you people, really? Yeah, we've had people call, a lady call, and tell us. You know, one of the, one of the foxes that we were using was loose. We didn't, we didn't have any foxes that year. Just you know, foxes and coyotes live in downtown Charleston. So she saw yeah. across the road and. Um, we get calls all the time. for some reason we get calls all the time about wildlife removal. We'll get a call every other day about, um, you know, really? some, some sort of pest in somebody's backyard and, uh, <laughs> just, we have to tell them you're that like, that's right. okay. We'll get Jack Hanna to release one of his yeah, red tail hawks that, and we'll take care of it. We're not in that realm. <laughs> um, and you can go by event. I mean, we've, you know, it's a, it's a happy go lucky crowd. You know that yeah. weekend, so it's very festive. So yeah. with that comes, you know, some some funny stories. We had, you know, we had a we have a party called the Low Country Social at Brittle Bank Park, which is yeah, sort of the last of this. You know, outdoor. If it rains, it rains. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, we're burning fire kettles and um, drinking beer and eating oysters. And one year there was a big crowd that left and bird buggy the quail wagons um, and drove all the way to Charleston Place. Bill Murray was on the back of one and. Um, I know what ounce and I didn't know what was legal and what wasn't. And so I was following in my truck with my flashers on. And then a cop came behind me and put his lights on. And I didn't know if we were starting a parade or we were all going to get in trouble. Um, but it, <laughs> it works out. Yeah. Do, do you play the Bill Murray card? Like, Hey, Hey, Bill, Bill Murray, talk yeah. to this cop. <laughs> he he, he might've ended up in some imagery, but no, he's, uh, he's friends of some friends of seaweed. So it's fun if he's around and, you know, so are yeah. other special guests like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, uh, we've closed down the, we've in the past, we've closed down the ballroom or we've opened it up at night for a celebrity or, or, you know, a big buyer. And so that, that oh, really? and then we've, 
you know, this year there's, um, there's certainly the potential for some of the candidates to be here, you know, with South Carolina being a primary and a key state. So, Oh yeah. And that, that's cool. That presents its own logistics issues with security and crowd and access, but yeah, we tackle those as they come. That's cool. Well, now, now that I know that, I'm going to go paint an eagle with its wing spread and the American flag behind it as my central piece. I've seen one of the, one or two of those in the past. But let, me <laughs> let me see it before you bring it. <laughs> let me see it before you bring it. <laughs> yeah, I'm still Nothing ready for eagles. I'm, I'm ready for you to do a um, a rabbit chase. I'm ready for you to do a rabbit with some eagles behind it. You guys have to man. I mission it. Well, I've, one of those I've two got is a lot less expensive than the other. <laughs> I've got uh, I've got a 24 by 36 and I would love you know they have those old fox chasing scenes I'd love to somehow come up with a composition of beagle chasing a rabbit so that may be my big one I still have it's probably a little unnerving for you to hear that like my biggest pieces I haven't painted yet like I haven't even it's not no, I don't worry about you. I will say this: you have never, you have never not brought it. Um, and there, there are a handful of artists that I can say that about. So, well, we're fortunate. We do our best. The, the one thing that's good is it is the only show that I do, so I can stockpile some work for that. You know, so. Well, I and mean, you're in a position where you understand it as well as we do from a, a show standpoint. That's. It's great for our artists, and it's also concerning for us as a show. You know, if yeah when artists are selling online and through galleries, you know, do they have to come to Charleston, which has gotten more expensive and you, yeah. Yeah. We all know we touched on this, but the artists are coming um, with nothing sold yet. Well, yeah. These days we do have pre-sales which are great, but um, they're committing to four nights in a hotel room, you know, meals out, you know, the travel shipping their work, which is expensive. Yeah. Um, So it's a, it's a big ask, you know, to say, especially for some of the, you know, really great artists who have pieces sold that are, you know, before they're off the easel, what is their incentive to come to see? We, a lot of it's out of loyalty. A lot of it's someone like you who, you know, if we say we played a small part and, you know, getting your name out there that, you know, you don't forget it and you keep coming back. Yeah. We hope yeah. we, you know, we hope that that continues. Well, and we, ha- we had the advantage of, you know, we're, we're pretty close. I think we're five hours from Charleston. But like we have friends that live down there. So in the early days before kids and stuff, we would just we're going to roll, roll that way this year, kind of lean and mean. But like Kim and I would just throw my art in the back of my truck and and just go, you know, yeah. and it kind of opened my eyes because like um, like Kyle, I was talking to him and some of those people have three or four grand in the in the trip by the time they hotel flights, they ship their work, all that kind of stuff or some of them drive across country. Um, so there's a little bit less pressure, but I remember, do you remember the year that, um, there was those crazy storms right ahead of Seawee? Um, let's see who is more than one year feature date. Was there, well, there was one year where there was like a bunch of tornadoes and high wind and nobody could get in. And Chad, Chad Poppleton was the feature that year. And, um, because his wife couldn't make it and it sucked because, her flights were canceled and he was finally the feature and he could make it. But anyway, um, I was watching the weather forecast and you know, this is when Kim and I, before kids, we were getting ready. We were going to drive down the next day and all these storms were coming in. And I was like at nine o'clock at night, I was like, Kim, we got to load up tonight and we're just going to go. 
we're just going to drive to Charleston. So we drove down, got in at like two or three, and then those storms came through and we were already in Charleston. And I told Kim, I was like, hopefully this will be like Forrest Gump and like nobody else can make it and I'll be the only shrimp boat in town and we can still have some work. <laughs> like, that was my thinking. I was just not like, that's not a team. That's not a team player. <laughs> no, not a team player at all. But it was like my second year there. And I mean, I, you know, you just, you just want to sell and make an impression and you just want to, you just want to do good at the show. Um, but I was like, yeah, hopefully nobody else will make it. We'll be the only, the only art there. Well, but, and, I, and what you saw, um, you know, it's happened before. Like my parents, you know, got this video of driving down, um, leaving Greenville, North Carolina in the snow. And, you know, on a two lane highway, there's only two ruts in the road. There, You know, everything else is snow. So it's just 35 yeah. miles an hour. They came. There's yeah. a um, old school family that's VIPs. Um, their daughter hitchhiked essentially from Florida to get up here. I mean, <laughs> okay, you know, it's something that people don't want to miss, you know, which is yeah. special. How, so one thing I've always said about Seaweed is you guys do a great job of taking care of your VIPs and people that are hosting events. I was like, if you guys want to learn how to do VIP stuff, you got to look at what they do. Um, tell me a little bit about that and like how that works. What are some of the perks of being VIP? Well, we're looking a lot of ways in that we just, we know a lot of their names, you know, we know them, yeah. you know, they come every year. And so they're, they're friends. Sometimes they're friends first, um, you know, or again, generational, their, their parents were a part of the show, yeah. but they also have to be um, aware it's high volume. See, it was a big show. So even our VIP mm-hmm. program, it, I wouldn't say it's intimate, you know, we've got, um, you know, 400 packages we essentially sell every year, whether that's a 10 person package or a two person package and they get access early. They get access to um, preview afternoon, you know, preview hours, Friday and Saturday morning. Um, But we keep open bars, you know, around town, you know, it's not just for art, you know, it's just for their enjoyment, a place to sit down, relax and have a snack um, place for them to sort of get out of the, the masses and the, and the fray. Yeah. They also get first access. If you were here last year, we're going to, we're going to invite you first to come, you know, to come back. And then certainly we've got a great group of collectors and buyers that are part of our president's club. You know, if they, they're staying, it doesn't matter what they're staying, but if they roll up to security at, you know, two in the morning and want to go peruse the ballroom and look at that Ryan Kirby piece again, they're allowed in there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. There's a handful of them. You'll see the president's club badges. Um, might want to be even nicer to them. Uh, but it, you know, we have smaller shuttle buses for them. We have some, you know, some lounges, like I said, and we have, um, you know, some high rise stuff or some risers at, at Brittle Bank where they can see doc dogs better. So it's just a, you know, yeah. we, tra- we want to treat all of our attendees, you know, from the kid who's here for free to, um, our presence club the same, but we also want to give them some, some extra access. Yeah, that's cool. I feel like, it, I feel like the artist's dream is, you know, I mean, we're all kind of like, we're just not, we're not really salespeople very much. I mean, you know, some of us, um, everybody's got different experience, but I think the dream for every artist is to leave the ballroom and come back and all of their work is sold yeah. <laughs> like yeah. overnight and that, that, to know that well, that's a potential gives me hope. You know, there's a joke about artists, you know, it's, you're, some are so caught up in their work, they're emotional about it. And, you know, they'd say, if you could flip flop, if you could sell the artist across from his work, you know, everybody would sell a bit more. Um, <laughs> but, That's true. But, it, you know, but the it's so unique with the artist being there. There's really not, you know, even if you go out to Oklahoma or if you go out to Jackson, there's really, 
in mass, there's not really a show that has this many artists that are present with their work for three straight days. You know, okay. as you know, the personal relationships um, go into that, whether, yep. you know, whether they're inspired by the scene that you painted, Ryan, or, you know, that's the, you know, or 10% of it is your dynamic personality. I mean, it, it's, it's important and they've become friends and yeah. you brought clients and buyers to see we because they wanted to see you do well, especially with, you know, yeah. every show, but um, feature, but then, you know, those that you met at Siwi and they're, you know, they're going to be your, your, they're going to be collectors forever of yours. Yeah. So it's a, well, another one, of those. one thing that was really cool and kind of rewarding for me and not, not to get like sappy or anything, but you know, you, you meet people at the show and they, they don't buy, but you just see them every year and you talk to them. But when I was the feature last year, they bought, they're like, we've been talking for years and I'm buying yeah. the year that you're the feature. And that's a pretty cool deal, you know? Um, well, and there's, and some of those, especially if they're younger and they don't have to be younger. I mean, a, a, someone in an older generation can still want to buy, but it's aspirational. Like I yeah. want to have, I want to buy a piece from Ryan Kirby one day yeah. um, when I can afford it. You know, it's just yeah. it's the fact of it. And um, when you see that happen, it's pretty, it's pretty special. Um, yeah. And then there's, you know, I'm older than you, right? Probably. I'm 41. How old are you? Yeah. I'm older than you. Uh, a couple of three, four years. I, uh, but it's our generation, you know, and you're, you're on the younger side that's represented yeah. in the ballroom, you know, by a lot in some cases. And so am I, but my wife, Davey and I laugh. We've got, we have a lot of little pieces, you know, cause I got into wildlife art by my job, but we have a lot of, a lot of pieces that are this big, but every now yeah. and then you see, you know, something you say, I really want that. And you have to get to a place where you can, where you can afford it. Um, yeah. But it also, there's some great pieces I've seen, but I don't really know the artist well. But when yeah. I know the artist well, you become a cheerleader. You know, like, and Ryan knocked it out of the park. Like, yeah, when you're featured, yeah. that's exciting for us. That have been part of the wait, show for Wait till you see my bald eagle with its wings spread in front of an American I flag. I can't wait. I've got a special place for it. <laughs> And because you're a formal raffle girl, you can ring up your own sale. That's right. You know how to do it. That's right. <laughs> I've done it all. Nah, I, wish um, I, could. I need help on all technology these days. <laughs> you are older. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to be at a meeting at 930? Yeah, right across all the right. way. Right across the way. Well, what, uh, what else do we need to touch on? And I want you to tell people a little bit more about this year's event, where they can get tickets and stuff. So you can get tickets at seaweed.com. That's easy up until February 1st. You know, we'll be discounted 20% up until then. You can also get them at the exhibit sites during the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we tell people, you touched on it. There's something for everybody here. I mean, if even yeah. if you're not a wildlife art or a wildlife enthusiast, you know, there's food and drink, there's music, um, there's a festive atmosphere. Um, something will get you while you're here, yeah. especially if you get all the, all the sites. And you, you don't try to see it all in one day either come for multiple days, bring your kids, right? Bring your kids. Um, you know, and it's a, it's, it's a great time. You got to experience it one time and you know, it's just like our sponsors and our VIPs, you know, we don't see a lot of attrition. Once you've come, you either come every year, you come every couple of years and that's, it's great. We had a couple people that were like buyers of mine, like close to us. And we, we specifically invited them for the show last year. And they're like, dude, we fell in love with it. We're going to be here every year. Good. So. And it's a rising tide too. You know, we talk about you yeah. bringing your clients here. They want to support the same with, you know, those that have collected other artists, 
you know, gravitate toward your work, you know, cause they yeah. found somebody that, um, they really like in their work. So that's, it's special. You know, there's, there's not that, there's not that air of competition or, you know, yeah, missing sales. It's a, we're all trying to do it together. One question I got for you, what's the most expensive piece you've ever seen sold or, or it might've been the feature auction. Just curious. In the ballroom. In the ballroom. Not necessarily as a result of Siwi. Um, I don't know. I think I saw a $45,000 piece one time, and I I can't tell you where it was. There have been some auctions that have gone higher, for sure. Um, And there's some pieces that, you know, we've helped facilitate, maybe a deceased artist or with one of the auction houses that have hit six figures, you know. Um, But I tell you, it doesn't, you know, when when we sell a piece online, we sell a piece to the gallery, if it's $700 or $7,000 or $70,000, there's a group staff text and they'll and somebody will send the receipt and it's just, oh, we're excited. Cool. you know what I mean? It's awesome. Cause yeah. we're so excited that we're moving artwork and that's a, yeah. it's a special thing. It's like everybody has their different role in here, but you know, you see that we've sold of, uh, uh, you know, a painting and everybody just gets super jacked. Yeah. That's cool. Kind of like the artists do. Yeah. I remember when uh, it was our first year at the show and Jay Kemp was on the other side of us, and he Jay. only had three. He only had three pieces. There was uh, a couple of real small ones, and then he had a big owl that was like perched on a limb, and it had a bunch of Spanish moss. And I think it was like thirty-seven or thirty-eight grand or something like that. And you know, I'm I'm first time in. I'm like looking around, seeing what's selling, how all this works. And Jay didn't sell anything <clears throat> for the first three days. And then like an hour before the ballroom closed on Sunday, <clears throat> some old lady came in, little old woman, walked in by herself and was like, I want that one. And she, you know, bought it. And I was like, holy cow, man. That's Isn't awesome. Crazy? Isn't it crazy how it's that happens? You, you think, you know, some people are deliberate about it. They're they're here for Thursday afternoon. They're almost, you know, power walking through the ballroom. They want to find yep. something. Um, they just got it in their blood. And then you've got the, that Sunday afternoon story, which is like, I've been yep. looking at it all weekend. I'm not going to let somebody else get it. It's great. Yep. And if Jay was, was a, out, I, will, I was going to make a joke that if Jay had three pa- paintings, he'd been working on them for two years. And he, <laughs> I'll tell yeah. him the same. <laughs> well, that, there's a lot of detail. Every little strand he's a, he's of space. He's an incredible moss. artist. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good dude. And another, there was know, another story of, of someone who's been featured. And once they're featured at Seaway, they get, they get picked up by, you know, some of the, powerhouse galleries out West. And sometimes we mm-hmm. lose, you know, we lose their attendance or lose their ability to come because they're, they found this whole other audience, you know? Yeah. Across the, across the great plains. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was one year, um, I was talking to a guy and the crazy thing about seaweed that I found is you never know who you're talking to. Like you just don't know everybody there is, you know, successful, you know, educated, they, they've got their stuff, they got their life together. Um, but I was talking to a guy from Florida and he had three boys and they were about to go to college. And you also start seeing like, when you see strollers, you're like, well, they're not going to buy. <laughs> I see a dude about to send three boys to college, like two were twins and one was a year younger or something like that. Um, he ain't buying, he's saving for tuition, you know, and you just start playing these things in your head. 
<clears throat> but I, I just started talking to his boys about baseball and art. One of them wanted to study art. And um, that was like Friday. And then Sunday he came back around and there was this moose piece that Kim, I wasn't going to bring it. Kim was like, you got to bring the moose. You got to bring the moose. You got to bring the moose. And he's like, hey, man, <clears throat> I really appreciate you talking to my boys, you know, and kind of hanging out. He's like, uh, I actually am a big contractor in Florida and I killed a moose this year, this last fall that looked just like that. I want to buy that piece. And it was the biggest one I had that year. And you just, you just learn that like, you never know, man, you, you can't judge a book by its cover and yeah. you never know who's going to buy or why, but it was a pretty cool story. Well, and again, you, you nailed it. I mean, the, if, if somebody stereotypes the people walking around with the barber jacket and the lab, right? Well, yeah. Some of those people really reached out to buy that barber jacket, you know? Yeah. And, and <laughs> the guy that flew on his private jet to come look at artwork was also wearing a barber jacket. You don't, you don't know how to uh, differentiate. Yeah. Maybe that's part of, you know, why it's such a special thing is there are no judgments. There's no, you know, can you afford that or not? You know, the artists yeah. talk to everybody equally. The, you know, people are treated equally at all the exhibit sites. And at the end of the day, just, kind of gather around a fire kettle and drink a cold beer and it's, yep. you know, it's special. Yep. All right, man. Well, we're going to jump off here because okay. I know you've got, you've probably got a way more important meeting than this podcast. There's next. nothing more important than hanging out with you, Ryan. Or you found, a solution. found out that you've got some, some painting to do between now and February. You can expect a few more calls from me. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. check it in. It's funny, man. I wear ear pods when I work all the time and Siri will dictate text to me. So I like to hear all this stuff, uh, you know, but good enough. I got to get me an Eagle painted, man. It's going to be a big one. Um, well, let's go chase some rabbits. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. That'd be sweet. I don't know if we can squeeze it in before now and then, but we'll try. Yeah, You're the boss. <laughs> Anything goes with you. That's not the case. We know this, don't we? <laughs> Thanks for giving me the opportunity, man. I really appreciate right, it. Man. Yeah, dude. I appreciate it. Yep. We'll see you soon, man. This will probably air in a couple of weeks and we'll be done at the show. But I would encourage everybody to check out Seaweed and come see us in person in Charleston. February 16th to the 18th. There you go. (laughs) 